Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. No matter what time of day it is or where you're located, right here and right now, you are with me, Laura Paget, on my podcast, Living What You're Given. And we are in a series in Living What You're Given called Choices. We're exploring different ways to see things, how to find different information. Sometimes we have to make a new choice or change a choice we've already made. And sometimes it's just a matter of, hmm, if I only knew. Hello, friends, and welcome back into Living What You're Given. I am Laura Paget, and today I have a guest for you that I've known for several years. And we met when she asked me to be on her podcast a few years back. And since then, I've watched her career. I've listened to her podcast, which we're going to talk about. And I recently finished reading her book that impacted me with a positive message I want to bring to you as well. Before we get going, we always thank our musician, Mr. Stephen Ray Watts from the band Sarah, who's providing that song for this series of choices. And the name of it is If You Only Knew. And I think that's appropriate because sometimes we need to just listen to different perspectives or re-examine things we thought we knew, and we find a whole new batch of information. And we say, hmm, if I'd only known. Anyway, for right now, it is my pleasure to introduce my friend and my guest to you today, Miss Casey Alexis. Hi, Casey. Hello, Laura. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's great to see you. And I'm going to tell folks a little bit about you. Uh, She does wear a million hats, like most of us women. (laughs) And she looks good in all of them, by the way. But uh, she does. uh, She's a wife. She's a mother. Those are really important pieces for her. And the most important, she says. She um, loves to share a lot of that on her podcast. And that podcast is called Being Eve, where she's been a successful businesswoman in all kinds of things like HR, project management. And she's also an author, you guys. And you know, those authors out there, it's a tough world to be an author. It's difficult. Mm -hmm. takes Mm -hmm. a lot of work and takes a lot of help. So she's written two books, The Moral Code, and her recently released Being Eve in an Adam's world. And we're going to talk about that. She thinks and believes strongly that her gifts of storytelling 
will propel her to live on purpose and without fear. And this is her message, confidence and fearlessness. She's called to speak life to the dry and arid places. And especially of those dreams we've put on hold, ladies, and probably some guys out there too. But she doesn't have any intention of resting until every one of us women realize our true freedom, knowing who we are in Christ. A woman of value and intricately designed, made for more, and to embrace that as we walk into our lives. So again, Casey, you're here. Is there anything else you want to say, love? No, I think you did a fabulous job. <laughs> Thank you so well, much. Well, you supplied some stuff, but I just kind of embellished a lot. But and it you is did a, great. <laughs> it's really embellishing when it's true. Mm-hmm. So, uh, friends. One of the things that really attracted me about Casey, and I watch her work and I listen to her podcast, is that the idea of being Eve in Adam's world today looks like many things, and she's going to help us see that. But I want to start with a quote from her second book, Being Eve in Adam's World. I love this. She's talking about Eve having capabilities and confidence, however, When doubt, you know, our friend doubt Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. popped his ugly head up, Eve began to seek perfection from the perspective of the creation, not the creator. How very true is that for us today, Casey? So could you speak to that a little bit? Please. Absolutely. Um, One of the things that uh, propelled me to even start this ministry was the fact that I noticed that my identity and self-worth was in the things that I did and the world around me rather than who God said I was and who he says I am. Hmm. And so once I started to go on this journey of rediscovery, I like to call it rediscovering who God created me to be, I realized that once you take away all those things, Once you take away the title, the career, even the title of mom or uh, marriage or any of that, you're left with woman. And that title of woman actually was given to us in the book of Genesis um, when Eve was created out of the womb of man from um, Adam. And so I then realized, well, I have to go back to that place where the title of woman was given because everything else around me is telling me something else. And I'm not satisfied. I'm not satisfied with just the career. I'm not satisfied with the house. I'm not satisfied with the car. I I was, I had all the stuff that the world tells you supposed to have to be satisfied, but I wasn't satisfied. And so I think that a lot of people can attest to that nowadays, um, especially during COVID where everything shut down. No one was wearing the title anymore because you weren't going to work (laughs) or no one had the, you know, the the things didn't matter because now you were either fighting for your life or you knew someone that was fighting for their lives. And then you realize that, wow, okay, what I thought was important is not important. And I think that a lot of people now, as we're seeing in the world around us, are trying to find themselves again like what is and that's I guess that's why the um 
the, everyone's quitting their jobs now. You know, people can't find people to work because people are realizing all that stuff. It didn't matter. All wow. that stuff we were wearing didn't matter. And so everyone's trying to find themselves again. And I think that quote that you just read speaks to that. And it's, there are so many in the book, we could talk about so many, but that was the one that I felt was the central premise of what your work is. And mm-hmm. if I'm incorrect in that, Casey, you know, I don't mind being corrected, honey. I like being wrong. There's no, freedom in being wrong. <laughs> you were on point with that quote. And so thank you for pulling that out. I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. I have it underlined and yellow marked. Wow. So yeah, because it's it because I do that too. I do that when I look at the numbers of the podcast. I do that when I look at the numbers of sales or and, and I have to pull myself back and say those all reflect creation, the right. creation, not the creator. Amen. And, oh, and I, I just love that piece of your work. And I'm hoping that as we unpack some of this with your journey, we can help people to understand to identify that. So we're in a series right now um, called Choices mm-hmm. in Living What You're Given. This is my second season. Living What You're Given is about, hey, this is where you are. Let's find the reality and let's find the good in the reality. Mm-hmm. Let's embrace the good. Let's maybe look at the not so great like in COVID, but let's also look at my father's famous saying, when the going gets tough, the tough get creative. Right. We are creative. We are created after the creator. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about this, you started this podcast and I wondered, when did you start the podcast? I wasn't sure. Oh, I started the podcast in 2019. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's been two years? Yes. Three. Wait. Three. A little over. Yeah. Three years. That mm-hmm. higher math gets me every time. <laughs> it gets me too because I'm like, yeah, two years. No, it's three. Oh, sure. No, I was just last year. It feels like it because there is a stop in COVID. But yeah. you know, you started the podcast, and uh, how do you feel like it's helping you to grow and it's helping others to grow? Because that's the main thing. Ministry is to help, right? And so I started the podcast with the thought and the idea of what I knew um, helped me on that journey of rediscovery is hearing the stories of other women um, and their own journeys from struggle to triumph. And And what I noticed as I was listening to their stories is that every woman that I talked to went through this journey of rediscovery. They went through a moment where they hit a brick wall or something happened in regards to their marriage, their family, whatever, where they had to either go back and heal that little girl within, right, in order to grow and move forward. They had to go back to what God originally intended for them in order to grow and move forward. And so I thought that, hey, you know what, if I can pull all of these women on the podcast and allow other women to hear their stories, they can say, hey, that sounds like me. Um, They can Mm. begin to see themselves in another woman's story. Um, And I'm a really big story. So I believe in everything story. I I, I love movies. Everything in regards to storytelling is just, uh. so I knew that if they could just hear a story, if they can just hear another woman's story, they'll be able to see themselves. And hopefully um, that would be the place that would unlock um, an opportunity for them to start going down their own journey of freedom. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And I did a podcast with a gentleman named Brian Sexton, who has a po- uh, he has a podcast called The Intentional Encourager, and it it reminded me, and actually, it's going to air right before this one. Mm. And um, you know, it, it, I thought, well, that's intentional encouragement. And as women, do is it fair to say? that sometimes we get so caught up in the competition, we get so caught up in the image making and maintaining, you know, that we forget to encourage each other or maybe avoid it. I can't speak for everyone, but I, I don't know. I, it's, what your work is doing is encouraging people. And I think um, that's a great point. And I think the problem with that is going back again to, the creation, right? Looking at ourselves through the eyes of the creation rather than the creator. Because if we start looking at the way that God sees us, we know that we've been made perfectly made in his image and in his likeness. And we all are different. We all have our different lanes, our different callings, different ministries. So if I see another woman who may be doing a podcast, just like I am, who has a book like I do, I can honor her space because I know one, she was handcrafted by the same God that made me. Two, she has a gift and a calling that may be similar to mine, but God gave her a story for the people she's aligned to minister to. So in a sense, we're not in competition, we're sisters in Christ. And so therefore, it's easy to encourage and uplift and and do all the things that I'm supposed to do to support my sister because I know we're not against each other like the world would have us to believe, right? Because that's the push in the world. Like women can't get along. We can't be in groups um, or, you know, all that other stuff we used to hear. Um, But now we realize, hey, you're different. I'm different. I can love you and honor your space just like you can love me and honor my space because God created us differently, but we're made by the same God. And in many ways, we're all Eve. Amen. <laughs> you know, and, and, and we get a bad rap, you know, a but really bad one. Really bad rap. It's like, if it hadn't been for that woman, I heard somebody say that one time. It's really kind of a funny story. He goes, Oh, well, if it wasn't for my wife, I go, Oh, there's an original excuse, pal. Let's see if that, how much water that holds. But uh-huh. I, that's, that's that whole wonderful piece that you're talking about here of rediscovery. So it's never too late, is it? never too late. Oh gosh, it's never what? too late. Yeah. And people who listen to your podcast are going to hear that. I know there's so many different stories that you've been doing it. Uh, now we've decided for three years, but you d- did you take a break for a while? I did. I had uh, my son recently. He just turned one year. So, so I took yeah. a break and I stepped away for a little bit. Um, and then this season, I, gu- I guess the step away really did, um, put a new fire inside of me. And so this season I have been solely focusing on identity. Um, just really honing in on that topic of uh, knowing who we are and not just who we are through our own eyes, because that can be, um, manipulated by our trauma and the various things that we've gone through, but actually knowing who we are through God's point of view, which is his original intent of our lives before all of this stuff happened. Yeah. 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 And I call them the external ego funders Mm -hmm. because that's who they are. That's it. Mm -hmm. That's, but you know, you don't have to pick up that funding application. I worked, I worked in a grants office in a university for years and uh, there, 
is a lot to do to get a grant and all the stuff, you, all the hoops you have to jump through and then you're rewarded or not. Mm-hmm. Then you're rewarded or not. Mm-hmm. And I think about this whole thing. And in fact, I, I'm naming your particular episode, Choose Identity, mm-hmm. because that's what we're talking about. Yeah. That's what we're talking about here, friends, our identity and separating the actual truth from the lies. The father of lies will tell us what we're not, but God tells us what we are. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. what role, Casey, do you think our churches could or should be playing in helping with this vital work of a self-acceptance, which you're talking about, and loving acceptance of others? all of which are dependent upon our truth in accepting our identity. So this was a really big one for me. And I have to say that the answer is healing. I believe the church has self taught us how to self-soothe for such a long time rather than actual heal. Because when you soothe, right, you can sedate the pain, you can, um, you can mask it or hide it. But when you heal, you actually heal that that thing doesn't hurt anymore. It doesn't pain you anymore because hurt people hurt people. And so right now in churches, we have a lot of hurt people. We don't have enough healed people. And the ministry of Jesus was all about healing. Even when he did, um, you know, deliverance with the, you know, the man with the, 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 the demoniac, I should say, right. That was still healing. When he pulled that demon out from that man, he healed him. Um, you know, the woman with the issue of blood that was healing. Um, and so a lot of times we've moved away from that for such a long time. And I think it's time for the church to move back to that, to heal so that we can get our identities back because you know, the stories with Jesus and every person he healed before he healed them, they were known by their ailment. It was the woman with the issue of blood, the leper, the leprosy. Um, you didn't know their names. And so it wasn't to wow. the facts. Right. It wasn't until after they were healed that you got to know a a bit more about who that individual was. Uh, I think it's so important that um, and a lot of people are still walking around like that in the church. Right. You're, You're just known by the stuff that you got going on. You know yourself by the stuff you got going on and not necessarily the person that God created you to be. And that's an amazing point. And, you know, honestly, I've never thought of that before. We are the, we are the body of soothers, but not the body of healers. Mm -hmm. And there has to be a way for us to heal. Can you talk just a little bit about what you think that might look like? Well, I think that uh, first and foremost, um, we have to take a good hard look at ourselves. Okay. I think we have to really look at where the church has been and where we are now. I think the book of Acts is a really good example of what the church looked like after the death and resurrection of Christ and the great commission and what the first apostles were doing. And, and we look at ourselves and say, Hey, are we doing that? Are we effectively ministering the gospel the way the Lord intended for us to minister the gospel? Are we truly healing? And are we truly doing the work the way God intended for us to do the work? Or are we becoming more of motivational speakers? 
wow. on Sunday morning. Great. Rather than apostles, pastors, teachers, evangelists, prophets, right? The fivefold ministry gift. So I think we need to go back to the word of God and begin to examine ourselves to see if we're really doing what God has called for us to do. And that's looking in the mirror, right? Um, you know who you are by looking in the mirror. We know scripture is one of the greatest mirrors we can ever look into <laughs> yes. because it, it shows yeah. us our heart. Yeah. And so it's just like the uh, book of James. I believe it talks about um, when you look in the mirror and you, and you walk away and then you forget who you are. And I think that's what has happened to the church. We've we've lost who we are. And I think we can get that back, but first we need to repent. We need to say, Father, forgive us. We stepped away from what you originally intended for the church to do. We may still be going out and preaching the word, but are we actually doing the word? We have a great situation uh, to talk about with that right now. This is off script, Casey, but I know you and I can pull it off because, well, we can. (laughs) (laughs) Because we can. Hey. But um, interesting to me is right now we're in the middle of a baby formula shortage. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this actual show will probably be aired this summer, early fall. And um, I'm, I'm sitting here saying, you know, there are people who are really, really in need. What can we do? What can we do? And the same thing with the food shortage. And I talked to, again, my friend Brian Sexton that I had referenced earlier. We were talking about what our parents would be doing in this situation. Well, first of all, we didn't have baby formula. Um, So my my mom didn't use formula. We used milk, which not everybody can tolerate that. But I'm not saying anything about formula or not. It's just that the, the churches and the community came together to help people on a small level. So if, you know, your church in Lakewood or your church in Atlanta or whatever, that that's some of the places we can be working. In our particular church here in Montrose, we have a gal who does layettes and she does, I don't know, 20 of these a quarter or something and takes diapers. And I don't know if she does formula, but whatever into the hospital for the women. Many are migrant women Mm. in our community. And it's like, what are we supposed to be doing, Lord? Well, my dad would have gone out to his garden and harvested as much as he could and given it away. Just like my husband did when we lived in Lakewood, we had a third of an acre and he he had a big garden and he grew a lot for Jeffco Action Center and other food banks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, but so the church has a wonderful opportunity to really try to find a way to help here instead of being unhappy that we are in this situation. It isn't that, it, it isn't about us going through bad times. It's about how we go through bad times. Absolutely. So, and yeah. as the church, we have the opportunity, mm-hmm. the opportunity to actually be, you know, it's actually more than opportunity. We have the honor of being able to serve in that capacity of supporting and helping moms who may not know the Lord, who do know the Lord and say, Hey, the church is here. Period. Um, yeah. Period. Um, by providing whatever we can provide to help, to support, even to alleviate the stress of what that looks like and feel like 
not to have milk. You know, by the grace of God, uh, my son is now one years old. So I was able to wean him off of formula. But if he was in that stage, I don't know what I would have done. Um, yeah, because not everyone can breastfeed, you know, that perfect story would be to breastfeed, but not everyone has that um, because of medical reasons and every other thing that goes on when trying to breastfeed a child. So I, I don't know what I would have done or how I would have felt or how stressful it is, but I know it is stressful. So any way or how as the church, we can come together and alleviate that stress is a blessing. Whether it is we look online or when we go to the supermarket and say, hey, every time I see some formula, just grab a couple and just start, you know, giving it out to moms who, you know, um, may need it or just, you know, going to social media. Hey, I got some formula. Any moms need formula? Just being literally the hands and feet of Christ. Right. That's it. Jesus with skin on. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that. My uh, pastor here in Montrose has said that she taught us that saying, and I, I just want to be Jesus with skin on. Now, I, I know that that's not, you know, going to be easy in a lot of places. I, I know over here in the Western Slope of Colorado, they are uh, upping the uh, call for breast milk from uh, mothers, and they're getting, you know, thousands of women who are saying, I have a lot, it's stored, here you go. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's, that's something that we, you know, are, are seeing here. So sometimes we just have to get creative with how we're going to do it. We don't want these babies hungry. We don't want these mommies and daddies stressed. So there are ways. So friends, I really encourage you when this goes live, to have a look at what the need in your community is. And it doesn't necessarily like my husband does Habitat for Humanity. Saturday, he's doing Habitat for Humanity. And um, I can't hammer a nail without hurting myself. So he's like, (laughs) you just don't worry about going. I'm like, okay. So, but I have other gifts I can uh, offer there. One of the things I don't want to miss talking about is this book. I love this book and um, it's called Being Eve in Adam's World. And I want to hear some about that before we uh, wrap up here. I, I just love this book. It's so fun. And, and you, you really ask some questions that are called reflective. They're not condemning, which I love because a lot of times you read, you know, sort of, I wouldn't say it's a devotional. I would say it's a testimony. Am I wrong? I agree with you. It is definitely a testimony. Um, And one of the things I want to go back to is is just spring to my heart again, uh, the honor to serve, the honor to serve. I think that's the biggest thing for us in this season Um, for women, men, anyone who calls themselves a Christian, it is an honor to serve. And I think the biggest thing that we're, um, I guess the, what, where the world's condition is right now is we have to begin to start serving mm-hmm. again in a, in a big way. <clears throat> Cause I know a lot of times we get caught up in politics and all different things on social media. And you know what, that's one thing, but what are we going to do to serve that particular problem that we see? Right. Uh, what are we going to, cause the podcast that I started, it all started because I wanted to serve 
women. I understood that there was something, there was a, a something missing for us that wasn't really there for us. We're great encouragers, nurturers, all these things. And we give a lot, but we oftentimes don't have a, a opportunity to sit down and receive because we're always moving and doing and going. Yes. So I wanted to serve in that capacity. The book is the same thing, wanting to serve, giving women something, a tangible thing that they can hold on to, read, journal, reflect, write their own thoughts to serve them, right? And I think we need to go back to learning how to serve one another and serve the world. Oh. Even with everything going on with Roe versus Wade and, and all of that, okay, I have my thoughts on that. How can I serve in order to make an impact in that particular area? And once we go back to serving and healing, I think we will make a greater impact than just talking loudly. <laughs> oh, I'm with you. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And I ask people sometimes online, they'll get into their thing about, well, this is wrong and this is right. But I'm like, okay, what's your suggestion? Right. How do we take care of this? Um, and 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 I rarely do they come back. Yeah, because a lot of the issues, and I uh, I hate to sting this a little bit more, but I think it needs to be said. A lot of the issues that we see in the world today is the church's issues. Yeah, it started in the church. We're not uh, we're not effectively moving the way that we need to be. I mean, if the majority of the people in the United States of America are claiming that they're Christian and we see what we see in America today, we have a huge problem. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're so more divided. Means, we're right. dividers. Mm -hmm. We're dividers. So we're not identifying with our creator. We're not identifying with Christ the way we need to identify with him because we know in the book of John, when Jesus prayed, he said, they will know who we serve by how we love mm. the way we're unified, our mm -hmm. unity. And we're, we're not unified. We don't have that unity that Christ talked about. And so going back to the book, um, I wrote the book to serve, to serve women, um, that they will be encouraged when they read it, but not just encouraged, but to actually go back in their own journey and find those places in their story that has hindered them find those places in their story that they've identified with for so long, whether it was a rape or a molestation, those things, those tra traumatic things steal our identity. They hold us captive in those moments of time. And then we live our life through that entire experience. And I wanted to give women something tangible that they can hold on to and read over and over again that says, hey, you know what? That particular thing that happened to me, it's not who I am. God defines who I am. And as I go through this journey of rediscovery, I learn who I am. I break out of that shell. I break out of that cloud. And I, I begin to see myself from a different point of view. And I'd like to just right here point in a, or point out a thing here that sometimes it takes help to do that. So sometimes we have to do counseling. I, I certainly have had to in my life. And I think that there's no shame in asking help. But I know sometimes, Casey, and you and I have talked about this too, that when we begin to unpack this stuff, it's too much. 
And we okay. need to be able to, to reach out and say, help me walk this tiny steps to get through. And what I love, and you had answered this question so beautifully in saying it encourages, this book encourages people to journey through their own story, stole from their identities. And by the end of the book, it equips them on how to get it back. And, and what I was thinking of was a jigsaw puzzle. You know how you you see the puzzle, but there's these pieces missing. And sometimes the folks try to take what the creation tells us and fit it in there, hammer it in there. It's going to fit, but it doesn't. And so those holes sometimes need to be filled in with the right pieces. Absolutely. And it is hard work. Mm -hmm. It mm -hmm. is a tough work. Mm -hmm. But um, like you stated, getting that help, and I did that. I got therapy uh, also because I, I knew there was some stuff I had to unpack that was not great to look at. And I knew I needed that assistance to do it. And so I'm also uh, highly encourage people to get that other support if you need it. But it is work. But I promise you, and I can promise you because I know it works. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Right? That's right. Right. Oh, yeah. We yeah, walked I can, it. It, I can definitely promise you that once you do the work, you come out on the other side. Oh my goodness. It's so amazing. You begin, you begin to realize who you are and you look back at that other person and you don't even recognize that other person that you were, you don't, I mean, it's amazing. I would never be doing this, the Casey Fryer. I would be silent unknown and okay with being unknown, never seeing myself on a podcast, never seeing my name on a book, never seeing any of this. And the only reason I am able to do this today was because I went on that journey. And now I see myself from a different point of view, which is God's point of view, which is the highest place anyone can see themselves. Oh my goodness. That is just so wonderful. And I love that. I love that. And I'm, I'm praying that the listeners out there, I also want to say one other thing on that. And maybe it isn't a horrible traumatic thing, like my background coming from abuse. You know, maybe it's a subtle thing. And I was giggling earlier when I was saying, oh, this higher math. Well, you know, when I went to school, girls were told you can't do math, you can't do science. Oh, yes, this was last um, century. That's right. It was because I'm 71 next month, June 9th, for those of you. Uh, who and you look to. amazing. You <laughs> look amazing, y'all. Well, thank you, love, because you're looking at me through the love of Jesus. That's why I look <laughs> my friend. But, you know, it, it could be something that subtle. So now every opportunity I get, I'm doing math because I can like it. You know, um, I can't do all this crazy fandangled stuff that these kids can do. And I just kind of blink at that. But I was told that. I was told that I, I, you know, and even in college, when I went back to college, I wanted to do a biology degree. And this guy goes, no, no woman in this class will ever get over a C because you have no business. This was in the 80s of 19, 1980. Yeah. Ah, and that man, oh. unfortunately for him, one of my classmates, whose name was also Laura, her mother was a lawyer in the Civil oh. Liberties Union. He was released that year from full tenure, <laughs> 20 years on that campus, and he was released from his position. Wow. So way back then, you know, women were working, and I'm not here to call any kind of um, 
activism other than what Casey has talked about, the activism of service, the activism of true Christ with skin on. And her book's going to help you with that. It certainly has helped me. And friends, how are we going to reach this lady? Well, she has a website, right? And it's yes, called beingeve.social. So you got to do the HTTPS colon uh, slash slash beingeve.social. And that's going to be in the show notes. And that's where she said you can get everything, all the information for her. She makes it really, really easy for you to contact her. Oh, please do. I know I'm not the only hurting unit in this world. And I know that Miss Casey's out there trying to help other people so that we can help other people. Because that's the converse of hurt people, hurt people, helped people, help people. So, Casey, I can't thank you enough. I really can't. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This has been lovely. And as I said, her info is going to be in the show notes. Now, coming up, you see, Casey has taught us how to live comfortably in our shoes. Yeah. And when we can do that, we can reach out and take a walk in other people's shoes. Amen. My friend, I'm telling you, my next guest on this show is a gentleman named Neil Matthews, and that's the name of his podcast, Other People's Shoes. And he talks about looking through the lens and the perspective of other people. Gee, you think our world needs that right now? So make sure that you're with us in two weeks. I only do this twice a month. I do the second and fourth Wednesday. And uh, as Casey's helped us to walk into the idea that our shoes fit just fine, then we have the confidence and we don't have any fear to look through the lens of other people and maybe walk in their shoes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you, ma'am. I really appreciate you. you. It was so good speaking with you today. So good to see you. So friends, if you want to reach out to me, I am Laura L. Paget.com. That's my website. My podcasts are always there. My blog is there. How to get my books is there. And we'll also have in the show notes that information, as well as the information of Mr. Stephen Ray Watts, who is doing the theme for this particular series on choices. And it's called If I Only Knew. If you only knew. Things might be different for you and for others, but sometimes you got to know first who you are. So for right now, make sure you go out and have a great day. And remember, you are a treasure. Miss Casey's helped us to see that today. Take care. And remember, we love you. Bye-bye.